0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jason McIntyre, who uh, you see on Fox Sports 1. He's got his podcast. It's called Straight Fire. Fire. Doug Gottlieb, who uh, apparently I'm supposed to turn it, to turn down fill-in duties. I'm not really, really sure. Uh, with Dan, who I've gotten a chance to fill in for two different networks for the last, I don't know, uh, 15 years or, or so, uh, welcome in. It is president's day. Um, uh, is this, it, wait, wait, what, 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 what is this? Jay Stu, is that you putting this here? Like, is this, do I, do I have to read this? Like, I know the president's day is Lincoln and Washington put together. Right. And now it's like a uniform holiday that started back in 71 president's day is now popularly viewed as a day to celebrate all us presidents past and present. Do we have to celebrate all of them? Really? All of them Ooh,
2: shots fired Doug favorite president of all time go
1: uh whew, that's a good one I would say whew, I would say Ronald Reagan or or uh or Barack Obama those wow feels are my, those very are moderate
2: favorites. I will go I will lean toward Lincoln um got the U.S. through the Civil War Helped lead to abolishing slavery good yeah. job out of Abe Lincoln
1: yeah, I mean Lincoln's good. I I wasn't not really totally familiar with any of his work outside of obviously abolishing slavery is kind of a big thing, and the Civil War was kind of a big thing. And Barry Obama, uh, I, not a bad call I, I,
2: either. I, I do.
1: I I, he's I love a hooper? The, I do. I think he's a hooper. I just I I felt like the I, I felt like he, he like he's older than me, but there was a certain like generational relationship there where it was definitely it was just different than a different feel than any other president i i I felt like and then and then ronald reagan in the 80s was the probably the most imitated and obviously we it was a time of great growth and the 80s were 80s were fun but i'm sure there's you can dig up dirt on all these guys lincoln's a good one i just haven't like i'm not like i studied lincoln outside of the the big thing which was pretty historic that's a that's a good one as well um okay Uh, Let's get to this story. Rich Ornberger works for us at Fox Sports Radio. And he had two stories that... He does a weekend show here on Fox Sports Radio. And Rich played for the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. He had two stories over the weekend, which he took to Twitter. One was that uh, Pat Mahomes has told his wife and his brother... To shut it down in terms of social media. I think you
2: forgot about word, Doug. Come on. Influencer brother. That's what his brother is, or claiming to be, an influencer on TikTok. Continue.
1: How many followers does he have? I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. Uh, I mean, I think he does, actually does have a big follower. No, he's a, but... he's a he's
2: a reasonable, reasonably big deal in Kansas City, which I don't think is a hard thing to do, but
1: uh, nevertheless so so is that is that what you do? You do the the condescension on the way out? Like I would Come on, I, mean, I think like,
2: you fired off like seven condescending shots first hour. I get one off on Kansas City and no, you're I, all worked
1: up. The only the only thing I said was like if you're gonna if you're gonna say Damian Lillard over John Stockton in a basketball. I, no no, game no I said I would take him
2: over on my team.
1: Yeah, I would take Damian Lillard. Yeah, then let's just not let's just not talk about hey, it. Let's, you can have Stockton just, and I'll destroy you. Yeah. Let's just the, let's let's just yeah. not talk ah! about it. Let's, let's let's just not talk about. I that. have
2: hoop with Doug before UCLA. He's good, obviously. Still,
1: um, and 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 also, by the way, like you're taking a shot at an influencer, which, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a big uh, Mahomes Jr. fan, but it is a real thing. And like, look, you how you made it big in this business is is you know 15 years ago is. A, a dissimilar but similar in how influencers are making right like there you guys are you were a disruptor. Uh
2: yeah, not with social media with a with a website. Nobody reads really websites anymore. But yes right,
1: with a website. Right, but 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 what was websites being dis- disruptors to mainstream media, now I would say influencers are disruptors to traditional stars. Make,
2: yeah, it's make, very make weird, right? I mean you know they they, show, they you know I was at Rams Forty Nine ers uh, NFC Championship game, and they start showing on on the big screen like who's there and the famous people and then all of a sudden you're like you see these people who are like I guess big on social media I've never heard of them yeah uh, I don't know who but, they are but, but apparently your kid, they have a large kid, following no no kids my kids do have, not no my kids do not well, I refuse to let them get involved in that crap uh, no phones for my kids yet uh, they watch very little of YouTube. And, yeah, they don't know, like, they're not on TikTok. I'm just, we're trying to keep them away from that as much as Jackson possible. Jackson Mahomes has one million
1: followers on TikTok. Is it, now, that I assume that's a lot, right? Uh, I do, uh, Yes. One million is, that. that's a big number. That's like the, okay, yeah. You know, it's a big, when he sends out a TikTok, a million people, at minimum, automatically get it. That is a gigantic yo, yeah, y- y- You just wonder
2: with some of these bots and buying Jackson Mahomes. Like, who's following? Nope.
1: Uh, whatever. I don't want to waste time I, I, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so Rich Hornberger, who uh, hosts a weekday show on our affiliate, XTRA 1360 in San Diego, Hartman and Rich O. And then uh, weekday mornings here on National Fox Portrait at 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. So he started with the Pat Mahomes thing, which uh, he then, after getting some, uh, some pushback, Kind of back down on right, but then he said that basically Brady Tom Brady, who has recently retired, one of the reasons that he retired was that he he was done with Bruce Arians, and that Arians meddling with he and Byron Leftwich's game plan irritated and Basically, the honeymoon was over between the two. Uh When he got pushed back on that, he said his sources are impregnable. Now, Mike Florio, who uh, does a website, uh, profootballtalk.com, in his crack research team, saw that A.Q. Shipley, who's a former teammate, both in the pros uh, with with the Patriots and in college with him at Penn State, must be his source. But he's not backing down from the Brady and Arians had a rift. And that ultimately is what one of the things that led to him retiring. What do you think?
2: So listen, we know they had a rift two seasons ago, the year they won the Super Bowl, right? Very famous. They were 7-5 and heading into the bye week. There was some sort of of tug-of-war won by Tom Brady over the bye week. They did not lose a game the rest of the way. They won the Super Bowl. When you're winning, it covers up all the the behind-the-scenes ugliness, right? Tom Brady wanted to do it his way, the way he had done it forever in New England. Bruce Arians, you know, like chuck it and duck it down the field. That was his game throughout his career, basically. And what happens in year two? Well, um, Antonio Brown melts down, and Godwin gets hurt. Uh, the offensive line is banged up. Things don't go as smoothly in the playoffs. They lose, and Brady says, you know what? This isn't really working out. I, I mean, I, I know Rich well. I've done his show plenty of times. I, I'm not going to speak to his sources or this Shipley character, but this would, none of this would really surprise me. And, Doug, I just want to point out um, – in, in life, you know, some of the biggest benefits come through compound interest. You know, working out, obviously, if you work out and continue to work out, you stay in shape. It's a lot easier than if you say, I don't know, take two months off working out. Then you get a little flabby. Tough to get back in shape. Compound interest of working out. We know investing and relationships are massive. I mean, Tom Brady worked with Belichick for two decades. The interest built, the trust between those two guys was enormous over two decades. It's not a shock that after two years, Brady's like, eh, kind of done here. By the way, quick side note: if you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, they are—I don't want to say free fall—but Doug Godwin probably not going to start the season. Probably not back until November off the surgery. Antonio Brown obviously gone. Leonard Fournette free agent. Tom Brady gone. That's like over seventy-five percent of their offense out the window. And we know the defense was leaky late in the uh, in the season and in the postseason. I'm going to go ahead and say Tampa Bay, unless they make magic and get Jimmy Garoppolo or something, who doesn't really fit with what Arians wants to do throwing it down the field, is like a seven-win team next year.
1: Um, yeah, I have no idea what they're going to look like next year. I th- I think what what people want to believe, and maybe they're right because I don't know Tom Brady, um, is that this caused him to retire, but he'll quickly unretire at some point in time late in the season. And, you know, you got people, well, he'll go to the San Francisco 49ers at mid year and, he'll, uh, and, and he'll, he'll play for the 49ers and he'll try and win another Super Bowl and then he'll ride off into the sunset, right? Um, I, it, it, it's fascinating. I, I think that's what's behind this story is the opening the door to would Brady still come back and play? And I think the answer is no, he ain't playing. Ooh, anymore. spicy. No, Definitely not. not. Sp- How about I, the, the
2: the fun one was San Francisco? If Shanahan determines that Trey Lance is not ready, They ship yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo out of town. Tom Brady comes home, right? He's from the Bay Area, and or, or the in, in Bay Area adjacent, whatever. And Tom Brady uh, plays QB for the second half of the season or the full season for San Francisco. Any
1: any interest there? I don't think so. I I don't think that's the whole reason he retired. Was Mama ain't happy. Right, that that's really what it that that he made it he made a deal and she's reached her breaking point, you know that that's really what it feels like. He, of course, he still wants to play. There's a lot that goes into it, but it's also like he wants to spend time with his family. Do this is not Brett Favre. Hey, I want to just be on my tractor. Then you're on your tractor for a week. You're like, okay, I got to go do yeah. something else. Right. This is a guy who is married to a supermodel who is also you know, the most successful financially, and they made a deal, hey, at some point, you get to go back to doing your thing, and I get to hang with the kids. I I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that he'll dig retirement. He'll dig the freedom of being able to drink a beer. He'll dig the fact that he can go anywhere that he wants and do anything that he wants and explore. You know, I, I, I think that Football is such an all-encompassing job, and the thing that he did as well as anyone's ever done it was lock in, and his life was football. You know, these are guys; they're up early in the morning. They're the first one in the building. There's, there's a story. Who did I have on? Who did I have on? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, what's the quarterback of the Washington Commanders? Jason Stewart. We had ta- we had Taylor Heineke on. Oh, Heineke, Bowl. yeah. We had Taylor Heineke on the Super Bowl. And he he told me a story that he was he was with the Patriots for three weeks. And he, he came in with the, I'm going to be the first one in the building. You know, I just signed with the Patriots. I'm going to make a good impression, right? He gets in there like 5.30 in the morning. And he goes into the quarterback room. And who's sitting there but Tom Brady. He's already got a cup of coffee and he's already watching film, right? Like this is Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the second, and it's 5.30 in the morning on a random weekday in October, and he's already in the building, already watching film. Like, that's it's a real thing. And I think, you know, though you miss the energy of Sundays when there's 80,000 people cheering for you and 52 other guys with all eyes, actually 45 other guys with all eyes on you, right? 45 other guys, and you're leading them into battle. Like, that energy is really hard to replace. I, I just... I I, I kind of felt like it's time even if his body could do it I think that mentally and physically being retired I think he's done I, do I think the rift and the fact that Arians doesn't run a tight ship and the fact that Arians can you know can be a can be more abrasive um even with stars than people lead you to believe yeah sure that's that's a that, that's gotta be, that got to be—that helped push him along the decision, but I don't think that's why he shut it down. I th- think he shut it down because he won a Super Bowl. They tried to run it back, and they, it shows just how hard it is, especially when you're not in New England because, look, this is a big thing. When you win a Super Bowl, everything changes. You get into the restaurants easier. You're viewed differently. And though Brady could handle it, not everybody can, and Arians clearly could not. And that organization clearly could not. And I agree with you. They do appear to be a bit of a smoldering dumpster fire.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, Doug. You know, this is the obviously the end of an era, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady era officially finished, if Brady doesn't return. And I know that everybody says, the oh, the NFL's going to be in great shape. They've got Joe Burrow. They've got uh, uh, Justin Herbert. they got Patrick. They're going to be fine. And that is true, obviously. There's a lot of great quarterbacks. But, Doug, there is something about Brady's story. You know, underdog. No sixth round pick. It's no just question. like that's the that kind of thing is once in a generation. Like I know Joe Burrow was nobody's five years ago. I mean, it was like a high school star in Ohio. But the Tom Brady story really is one where, yeah, that's just not matchable in
1: sports. And and I would well, like I, listen. I'm a Jets I mean, fan. Kurt, Kurt Warner's story is better. He wasn't Did, as good as Tom, Tom Brady. Brady won how many Super Bowls, bro? I know
2: the Kurt no, Warner no, story is great, I, but it's, it's like a
1: in terms of in terms of rags to riches, you can't. Nothing. I I don't know if anything will compare to Kurt Warner. You're right though. We're not. Th- this is th- let me let me let me agree with you on this point. And this is like the the anti Rob Parker point, right? Which is which is like, dude, no one's gonna go to ten Super Bowls and win seven of them ever again. Pat Mahomes might be the best quarterback I have I have ever seen, right? In terms of skill set, and then being placed in an offense where you got a couple of incredible players. And he's been to four straight AFC Championship games and two Super Bowls. But the likelihood of them getting to ten Super Bowls, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's bright. It's just the, it's the so NFL is
2: structured so that yes. not one team does not dominate. What did Brady do? Two decades of it in New England,
1: and then right. goes and, Tampa and wins. Like and it's and unbelievable. Here's, here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. We might not have actually seen the the a, a good portion of peak Tom Brady because remember they go sixteen and 0, 18 and, 0 and lose in the Super Bowl. He misses the next year with a knee injury, and then the following year, you know, he's on the men on, on, on the on the way back, right? Oh, so yeah. so so those are two big years where he had fifty touchdown passes, and he had Randy. He was he had Randy Moss on the team. That team was loaded, uh, so we were kind of robbed of a good portion mm-hmm. of prime Brady, and we still had twenty years of. What about you know? Problems. Everybody talks about the
2: greatest what ifs in sports. Bo Jackson, obviously. What if Drew Bledsoe? Does not get knocked out by my Jets linebacker, Mo Lewis. And Tom Brady comes in and then is all of a sudden a star. Like, is, does Drew Bledsoe remember? He was like the number one pick. Didn't he sign like a $100 million deal? And and, and he was like going to be the franchise quarterback. Like, Tom Brady happened because Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of the game. Like, that's yeah. crazy, Doug. Mo, Just,
1: Mo, Mo Lewis. Mo yeah. Lewis knocked him out. I'm a, take, as a Jets I, fan, I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. Can, can I tell you a real story here, real quick? Fire away. Okay. So, um, when I was in college, okay, I would I would I would be on the Jim Rome show and I would be on to, uh, I've been I was on Dan's show and I was on uh, Todd Wright all night was a ESPN radio show, okay? It's a real thing. And uh, the producer was a woman, her name is her name is Louise Cornetta. By the way, happy belated birthday to Louise. She's a huge part of how I got into this industry. Okay? And so this is the, that game was, those are the first games after 9-11. Mm. So nine eleven happens and I was supposed to go overseas and play. And I'd done some fill-in work in Oklahoma City. I, I had done the couple years before, uh, years before, a uh, year before I had done a couple of games for ESPN regional television, whatever, and they, ESPN wanted to fly the one anybody who's working for ESPN radio, kind of a sign of solidarity. We're going to do our shows from Bristol. Well, Todd Wright did his shows from Orlando, from, uh, from from Disney, and he refused to come do the shows. So I got to go. My first national radio solo host show I ever did was the night after the night of Mo Lewis knocking Drew Bledsoe wow. out, and I watched the moment happen at Sliders which is a sports bar in Plainville, which is the town that abuts Bristol. And they have great wings there. Everybody likes Jay Timms. I'm a Sliders guy anyway. Okay, this, is a real, this is a real thing. And I'm the idiot, and I hope that tape is destroyed somewhere, that said, oh, Drew Bledsoe's out for a long time. They're going to throw in some Tom Brady who couldn't even win the job the full time at Michigan. Patriots are done this year. Uh, that's what I that that's actually well, what I said, and that's why you had what I a
2: two decade career in that's, sports media.
1: That's uh. that, 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 <laughs> people make fun of people want to make fun of my Steph Curry ev- eval, you know, coming out of college. The Brady one was way worse, yeah. way worse, and it was my first show ever. Should have been my last. That's funny show you mentioned ever.
2: Steph Curry. Um, I, I'll never live this down. You know, I started my college career at Virginia Tech. Not career, but my college life. I didn't have a career <laughs> in college like you did. Um, but Virginia Tech had a guy named Seth Greenberg as coach, and Steph Curry was a budding high school talent, skinny, you know, maybe one thirty-five, soaking wet. And he said, "Yeah, you can be a walk-on." And he's like, "Are you kidding me? Like, you know, my mom played volleyball here, my dad played basketball here, and they, he would not offer Steph Curry a scholarship. Wouldn't offer him. And you know, the yeah, rest no, is no. history, of course. Um, yeah, no, Steph Curry goes to Davidson, Elite Eight, NBA, one of the seminal talents." Uh, in the last 50 years in the NBA. Uh, I mean, no, look, when you talk about importance, Doug, and, and what they've meant to the game, a- again, you go to any game where the Warriors are playing, any city, even outside of the Bay Area, and you got 100, 200 easy Steph Curry jerseys in the lower bowl. All the kids love him. They do. Any Anybody feels like they can be Steph Curry. Six-foot-three, just a below-the-rim guy in an above-the-rim league. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting excited about Curry
1: again. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're, you're. There is no, no end to your curry infatuation. I think he's, he's great as well. I'm sorry in, for being
2: positive in a hellishly negative industry.
1: In, in intelligence runs in the family, innovation runs in the family, extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at mbusa.com. Mercedes-Benz: the best or nothing. All right, we'll get back to the story of the day, which is, Jawan Howard took a swing. At an assistant coach from from Wisconsin. The entire story and what should happen next.
0: Next in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Doug Gottlieb and... Jason McIntyre in for Dan and the Danettes on the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get to the topic of the day, which is there's a bunch of different layers to it, which is uh, so Wisconsin beats Michigan by 14. Uh, Late in the game, Wisconsin was being pressed. They had their walk-ons in. They called a quick timeout. They got organized. They threw the ball in. They got it past half court. They dribble out the clock. The game expires. The teams go to shake hands. And the coaches some get into a little bit of a verbal argument, and then all of a sudden the team is kind of gather up, and Juwan Howard takes a swipe, a swing at Joel Krabenhoff, who used to play at Wisconsin as an assistant coach at Wisconsin. Here's Juwan Howard explains why he didn't like the timeout being called. I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be
0: totally honest with you. Um, I thought it was, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead, um, and then for have the timeout um, to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go. Um, you know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys, and so that's
1: that's what happened. All right, here's Greg Gard, the head coach, of Wisconsin, on why he called the timeout. And he came up to me and pulled his max max down and said, "I'll remember that." And he started pointing it at me and tapping me in the chest. And I said, "Hold on, let me explain to you why I took the timeout." Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the ten seconds reset. I wasn't gonna put my players in that type of situation and have to break a press in four seconds, come it's difficult off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. I can take a timeout. That's. Um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started that he said, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And I said, Hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of that. and Kept moving on. So. All right. So there's, there's, there's a lot to it. Let's, let's welcome in Jeff Goodman, uh, stadium sports and the field of 68. It's a podcast. I got a chance to do their after dark show, uh, with, uh, 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 uh last night, which is, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You can see it up on, on social media. Uh Jeff, um the head coach of Michigan on national TV took a swing in an assistant coach, right? Like I don't want to bury the lead. I just I I cannot believe that actually happened. What's your reaction to the incident?
0: I mean, listen, I, I've covered you know, I've covered AAU ball, I've covered college, I've covered NBA. Never seen this at any level, at any game, where a head coach of a team, never mind the fact that it is Juwan Howard at Michigan, taking a swing at another coach. Now, we can talk all we want about, hey, Juwan, press them. You're down 15. Give up at that point. We could talk about guard, the timeout, just take the turnover. But ultimately it comes down to the fact can't swing another coach period because what it did was it triggered everything that happened after that which was a complete mess right you had players swinging players pushing you're going to have suspensions you're going to have that Michigan team which was in contention for an NCAA tournament bid being without their head coach maybe for the rest of the regular season and other players including you know maybe their their most important freshmen being out multiple games now, it just—it was a horrible look for college basketball at a time when college basketball finally took center stage. After,
1: all right, we're having we're having some connection issues with with Jeff Goodman. Um, J, J Mac, what 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 are, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know,
2: ultimately episode? we saw Jawan Howard kind of lose his mind there. Um, But it's not the first time he's gotten into it with another coach. We talked about in the first hour Mark Turgeon last year in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, there have been incidents with Gard and Howard before. They clearly don't like each other. And, you know, again, I don't want to make this a racial thing because I don't think it is. But I I just wonder about, you know, you're supposed to be a leader of men as a college basketball coach, right? You're supposed to go into uh, living rooms of parents and tell them that I'm going to be the guy to lead your kid and make him a man at college, uh, as a player, as, as a mature young man. Like, I'm going to help your kid grow up. And then you're on national television kind of taking a swing at another coach. And Jeff, I, I just, I, I don't know, I, the way I look at it, it just feels to me like this is not a good leadership trait of Juwan Howard. It's going to be, you know, it's going to hurt him, if anything, on the recruiting trail. Uh, not less with players, but more with parents, um, I don't think Michigan should fire him. Obviously he should be reprimanded, but he's going to have to have an overall uh, attitude adjustment to steal a line from days to confuse. like he's got to just stop being so combative with other coaches.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he's a former player, right? And, and I think he still has that mentality as a player, especially you know when he went in the league, right? I mean, it, it, it was all you know, toughness, and I, I think he just felt like at that point he was he was being wronged. And and Greg Gard. I don't think Greg Gard really did anything all that wrong. You know, Juwan Howard, yeah, you could say if you're guard, let him go through the handshake line, let him do the blow blow by and say, I'll remember that and call him later. Yeah, that that probably would have been the ideal situation. But Guard at that point is is trying to explain what he did. Juwan Howard obviously didn't want to hear it. He he it's a high intense situation. I know Doug last night you said, you know, why get rid of that? We shouldn't get rid of the handshake line. I, I agree, but I also feel like watch the NBA. They don't do any of that handshake line stuff. They they wave at each other. Some of the guys embrace that know each other, but the coaches they literally wave to each other and they're gone. Um,
1: yeah, I I, I don't like look. I, I this this is just how I was raised to believe in sports. Okay, and I would do it. I would do it, frankly, if I was in the NBA, you know, is that you get them playing a game and you get in line and you shake hands. And that that's what you do. And you just say good game, especially when you lose. And yeah. and, and and look, it, that that's the way sports are played, especially college sports are played. And you don't have to like it. Okay, but it's it's part of the whole process it's part of the whole teaching of growing up as a as a man by the way juan wasn't in the, didn't lead the handshake line the way that every every other coach Okay. Buzzer sounds, they go to mid court and, and even when they have there's guys that have these little heated discussions, right? It happened the other day, I'm trying to think, there was a big twelve game where I saw it happen happen as well. Like the guys are getting into heated discussions. It's usually at mid between the two coaches with their teams waiting behind it. And Juwan was off to the side and guard mentioned that. But like also we act like well great guard put his hands on him like dude, Juwan Howard's he
0: six, did. Foot right. six foot ten. He's six foot ten. Went, like, that, he, Greg Gard's you're not more like, intimidating. Hey, hey, you're more intimidating than Greg Gard, and you are not intimidating to anybody.
1: Easy. Easy. E- easy. Um so, so Maybe to your I, kid. Maybe okay. to your kid. Your kid what, your
0: kid's probably scared.
1: What, to about what should what should happen? What will happen and what should happen uh, in this situation? Let's start with Juwan Howard.
0: You know, from what I was told yesterday, they were still looking at all the, the, the angles, right? All the video that came in, and obviously we know there's extra video these days that comes in through cell phones, right? Like fans. Who knows what? So you don't want to be too quick because you want to find out, like, did somebody get hurt? You know, there was an old couple behind the bench. If you look at Michigan behind their bench, did did anybody get injured? You just got to get all your info and not make too quick a decision also, You've got to look at every angle. But I was told as of yesterday, the thought process was, Juwan Howard um, potentially be suspended for the, the rest of the regular season, which is five games. I don't know what they were thinking on the Greg Gard uh, or Joe Krabenhoff situation. My guess is Krabenhoff. I bet you he gets a game. That would be my guess, and that's purely a guess. Juwan Howard, I think they'll be a fine. Michigan's working with the Big Ten, and they'll put out a decision, a joint decision, as soon as today on that. But I think he gets five games. I think he's done for the rest of the regular season. And, and then the players. You know, obviously, if you hit Musa with, with, you know, one or two games, he was throwing, you know, Jacoby Neap from Wisconsin. And those guys were just kind of protecting themselves and their teammates. And, and this was all triggered by Juwan Howard. So you feel bad for those players because again, what do you do? Doug, you know this better than anybody. What are you doing if if, if they're coming at you and your teammates, you're protecting yourself and your no, teammates? No,
1: period. Chris, I I I they, they should they deserve the lightest of suspensions. You throw a punch, you're gonna miss a game, right? That's the, yeah. and that's that's the embarrassing. Here's the thing. Here's the you you wanna know to me what the worst part about this entire thing is? Go how ahead. many how many hours ago did that happen?
0: Uh I don't know, twelve More than 12, right, 15, something like
1: that. Has either of these guys, and especially Juwan Howard, right? Like, if you don't know what he did with – No apology. None! How did we get to a place where we're discussing if you should shake hands, and the guy who took a swing at another coach, okay, who played a decade in the NBA, all right, and he's – like, if he doesn't know, all he has to say is, you know, I I lost my cool – he he yep. might have put his hand. But I shouldn't have done. I, I shouldn't have done it. It was unacceptable. I apologize, you know, profusely. And even Greg Gard, even and Greg Gard, even Greg Gard. Yes, no, no, no. You should mean it, okay? You hey, mean and, it. and you right. and the apology can sound something like this, or Greg Gard, you know, like. Look, I, you know, I was just trying to explain. I, I put his hands on him, but I was, yeah, yeah, I but done. you know what? But you know what? Right. Like, look, this whole thing was ugly, and I, yep. I apologize because it just looks bad, and and like what he said was. Like we we retired Michael Finley's jersey, and Michael Finley couldn't even get in the locker room after the game, right? Because because of what happened. Like, look, I just I want to apologize to everyone involved. Just a blanket apology is fine, hey, Jeff. Totally.
2: Jeff, how much of this has to do with forget about the timeouts and the loss and the uh, upset yeah. with guard? Is that Michigan just stinks this year? This is a team last year that was a top ten team almost all season, elite eight, top ten in defense. Now they've plummeted. They yep. can't stop a nosebleed. Like Howard's just not doing a good job of coaching this year, and it feels like it just bubbled up. On a national well, TV game, and they just they stink right now.
0: Yes and no, right? Yes and no. I've I've talked to people that have been around Juwan Howard, and they say he is definitely different this year than he was a year ago. However, a year ago, he did something similar, going after Mark Turgeon, and and you know running down the sideline to to yell something at Mark Turgeon that uh, I won't repeat uh, because it it, it it wasn't what he meant when he said it, uh, but. Ultimately, we've seen this uh, act with Juan Howard before, and it's got to stop. L- listen, it's got to stop. You're, you're, you're not a player in the NBA right now. Uh, you are a role model for kids. You're a college basketball coach. And to me, you've got to conduct yourself in a certain way to set a good example for the kids that you're coaching. And not only the kids that you're coaching, but all the other people that are watching you, all the kids that, that are watching you, um, coming up whether it's kids you're recruiting kids you're playing against whoever
1: i i, I mean I, I wish I could disagree with you i i i
0: I completely agree with you. god it's, it's such it's such a it's such stupid. a remarkably it's, it's awful bad look. that we're talking about this awful. oh I know that we 're not talking about you know today we should be talking about you know is Kentucky the best team in college basketball today uh we we should be talking about Who's the national player of the year, whether it's Johnny Davis or Oscar Sheboy? We should not be talking about this situation because it never, ever should have happened.
1: No question. He's Jeff Goodman. You can follow him on social media. You can download the podcast, The Field of 68. Check out his work at Stadium Sports. Goody, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Brian Flores, of course, has been in the news since being fired by the Miami Dolphins. He's suing the, uh, suing the NFL for discriminatory hiring practices. Did you know he got a job in the NFL over the weekend? What's it mean? We'll tell you next. With Jason McIntyre, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Jason McIntyre in for Dan the Danettes. This is the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, um, uh, we got more for you in regards to LeBron James and what he said over the weekend, and the story that's out about uh, his agency's unhappiness. With his current employer, uh, that upcoming top of the hour. Plus, Mark Schlereth will join us next hour as we'll we'll talk about this and other topics regarding the National Football League. But speaking of the NFL, what's been a huge story uh, throughout the playoffs and into the Super Bowl is Brian Flores and his um, his lawsuit, his class action lawsuit against the NFL in regards to uh, uh, racially discriminatory hiring practices now took an interesting turn in that he's been hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers as the team's senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Uh, Jason, what do you think of this angle to the story? I'm just curious if uh, Pittsburgh happens to play Miami next year.
2: (laughs) I would love to be a fly in the room as Flores is preparing for that. I mean, listen, I didn't think he would be able to get a job suing the league, but if anybody's going to hire him, it's going to be Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, Mike Tomlin, before this hiring cycle, was the only black coach in the league, I believe. When all the jobs were open, Tomlin was the only black coach. He should be able to do whatever he wants. Tomlin's been a great coach in Pittsburgh, won a Super Bowl. I believe he's been under 500 once.
1: No, never been under 500. Never?
2: Okay, so they were 9-8 and eight this year. Okay. Yeah, Tomlin, great coach. Guy knows what he's doing. I-, I like the move by Mike Tomlin. You get better as a defensive coach. We know Flores knows D. He yeah. was great in uh, New England as a defensive coach. Uh, very good in Miami. And
1: uh, it's a great move. I like it. I think all of this makes complete sense, but I, th- I think the the interesting part about it is the entirety of the process that he's gone through since being fired in Miami is the same process that white coaches go through when they get fired, right? Is you try and find your next job. But one, I think this is fabulous for Flores because it gives him a perspective outside of the New England model, right? I th- that's... That's what everyone I've talked to in the NFL says is the downfall of so many of these Patriot guys or ex-Patriot guys is they've only seen Belichick do it. So they believe that is the way to do it. That's the way that works, that you have command and control and everyone does what you want them to do. And there's a lack of bedside manner, which Flores quite obviously has if you you talk to anybody who's involved. Again, you be a great coach. He is a great coach. Okay, but you also have to manage up and manage down. It doesn't sound like he manages up very well. Um, so, but, but it also, to me, kind of proves the side of the NFL in that every coach loses his job. You try and get back in the league and then you rebuild it. And then you try and get back into the cycle. Like, this is what happens to coaches. I don't, I, 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 I don't want to say his suit is without merit completely because you look at the numbers and the paucity of blackhead coaches and it's, it's embarrassing to the NFL, but I, I, I truly don't believe that it's because the NFL and, and guys who run billion dollar organizations, like, you know, I really want to be great at football. I want to get these guys to play at their top level, but I only want it to be with a white head coach. Like that just doesn't happen in 2022. So I, you know, I I I actually I I think it makes his suit really really seem a lot flimsier. The the big thing from his lawsuit is the Stephen Ross was he actually offered a hundred thousand dollars to lose games. That has nothing to do with with. with With you know racially discriminatory Mm -hmm. hiring practices to me, but it still could be it still could be a huge smoking gun if there's a smoking gun.
2: I just want to clarify something I said. I said uh, Flores good defensive coach. I don't know if he's a good head coach, uh, Doug. He started uh, two years ago one and three in Miami. They were able to overcome it, finished ten and six, no playoffs. Last year in Miami, started one and seven. So when I speak to being a good coach, like I don't know if he's a good head coach and preparing his team, like. If these continually bad starts, you just wonder: Are they prepared? Now he's clearly good at adjusting in the second half of the season when there's no pressure in your, you know, behind the eight ball, uh, easy to pick up wins, and he did that. Uh, Flores has a lot to prove. I, I don't. Uh, this lawsuit, man. I, I, I just hope he got a good advice, Doug. I haven't uh, dug too much into it outside of the, you know, the pretty incendiary stuff that has floated around on social media. But <laughs> I don't. I'll just leave it at that.
1: No, leave it at what? 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 I, I don't. I mean,
2: did he fully think this through, Doug, suing the league? Because he got because no, he got fired. Do you think he fully thought
1: this through? No, I thought I thought he was. I thought he was really upset. Here's here's a here's a more than educated guess. Um, he was really upset at how he was how he was portrayed in at not just in Miami, but when he went and interviewed for other jobs at how he was portrayed. And look, a- a- everyone gets defensive when you have to go somewhere and they're like, "Why did you lose this last job? I heard this, I heard that." And you're like, in from your own perspective, it just one of the things that I found from my friends in coaching and there's there's a lot of people I know who are coaches and guys that have lost their job. Generally what you need what you should do is when you get fired you take a bit of a step back you take a breath and in this particular case you're not the defensive coordinator you just got to like take a breath and and kind of take stock of yourself what you can do better what you want to continue what can you learn from the situation like that's that's what and he's he's a he's a uh, a, a, a bright dude. I'm like, he's a guy who a couple years ago, I know, but the year before he got the head coaching job, he interviewed for a couple others. And everyone I know is like, man, that guy's a sharp guy. He's going to be a head coach. He just needs to be a coordinator, needs a, a couple more years of experience. And one year later, he was. I, I think he was upset at how he is being portrayed. Yeah. Um. And I'm guessing that, you know, at the time, like you said, you look around, the league's got one black head coach, and you're like, I- is this because I'm because because of the color of my skin even though the guys that they really the guys that got him fired with the front office of the Miami Dolphins yeah how's Chris Th still keep his job They're they're all black how's he still employed the GM is horrible
2: horrible look at his draft record it's uh, terrible I mean two uh, over Herbert
1: alone uh, you know should
2: be grounds for dismissal but
1: nevertheless um we'll continue to well I I would tell you that um based upon people I know Mo- many people in the NFL would have taken Tua over Herbert, okay? So, yes, they missed, okay? And Tua is not a particularly good quarterback. Right? He's not—and he's not Particularly to, to,
2: good. Doug's so generous is late in the show.
1: I just don't know if he stinks. I just don't think he's got any sort of wow to him. And Herbert's way better. Herbert but, has all but, the wow, my friend. All right, look, well, you know what? Let's get back into this plus All-Star Weekend, okay? That upcoming next with Jason McIntyre and Doug Gottlieb. This is The Dan Patrick Show.